So do we need to clear that if we're not requesting a review? Neil Salas Griffin is huddled around a desktop computer with a staffer inside the Chicago Board of Elections headquarters. The 31-year-old tech entrepreneur and Southside native wants to be the next mayor of Chicago. But he's here on the sixth floor of the county building fighting to get his name on the February ballot. That's after another candidate's campaign accused him of not having enough good signatures. They challenged actually a majority of our signatures. So I'll show you real quick. So just just look, if there's anything with any any column with a mark on it. He pulls out one of those big blue reusable Ikea bags and it's filled with stacks of paper. So if you look through that, basically we're going to go through a good chunk of our 18,000. In all, Solace Griffin got more than 18,000 signatures. And you need 12,500 good ones to get on the ballot. So the Board of Elections is now going through line by line to verify the people who signed are actually registered and didn't sign for other candidates. You know, even after this morning, uh, we're over, we're almost an hour in, and we've gotten through three pages. So good luck. <laughs> so we got to spin up and speed up a little bit over here. And then Solace Griffin shows me an app he built, an app to track every single signature check on his tablet. We built this, yeah, over the weekend. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so basically, we basically have a system to document precisely what we're appealing to, what we're objecting to, all the challenges and everything. So we did a lot of coding over the weekend and basically put together an effective system to organize and go through this. Because it's really hard to process the paper afterwards. So the idea is to design this tool not only for our campaign, but we want to share this with other people, too, to basically overcome this like arcane process. So. It's not normal to see candidates themselves at these so-called records reviews let alone one of them building technology that makes the Board of Elections look like they're still using typewriters. Solace Griffin is a newcomer to politics, and he's painted himself as an innovator from a new generation of leadership that Chicago needs. And while he might not get the chance if he doesn't make it on the ballot, I guess at least he's built some new technology he could market to other candidates in the future. I hope that all this software I'm building becomes obsolete because we improve the laws so that things are more accessible for other people running for office. But in the meantime, I'll just code up some solutions to make it easy and accessible for more people. So, yeah, I just flow like water around all these rocks. Hi, everyone. This is On Background, the WBEZ politics podcast. I'm Becky Beebe. This week, nearly two dozen candidates scrambled to get into the Chicago mayor's race. Now, some are struggling to stay in it. We'll help you understand the weird ritual that all campaigns seem to love talking about. Ballot challenges. Who's in, who's out, and what this process has revealed about some of the candidates. I'll be joined by my editor, Alex Keefe, later to help break it all down. But first, Claudia Morell catches us up on how we got saddled with this gargantuan field of candidates in the first place. Believe it or not, this crazy mayoral circus was kind of quiet at the beginning. That's one of several long, awkward pauses that punctuated Neil Salas Griffin's mayoral announcement back in April. All right, everybody. Here's what I did just now. The speech went on for 90 minutes. I messed up. (laughs) I got super nervous coming out. I've never done this before. But you know what? That's okay. And it was a doubleheader that weekend, Neil announced on Saturday morning in West Town. Then on Sunday, the lady in red. 
Cook County Circuit Court Clerk Dorothy Brown, who didn't let a federal patronage investigation stop her from jumping in. I officially declare my candidacy for mayor of the city of Chicago. Remember, this was all still before Mayor Rahm Emanuel said he wasn't running for re-election. Before the mayor's race was really on anyone's radar. There was one guy already in the race. I'm Gary McCarthy. I owe everything to my parents. That's the former police superintendent who was fired from City Hall after the Laquan McDonald video release. And then the field just kept growing. There was businessman Willie Wilson, a perennial candidate. My friend, a champion for democracy, and with your help and support, the next mayor of the city of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Lightfoot had just quit her job as the president of the city's police disciplinary board to jump into the race. Name properly, J-Mo. J-Mo. Welcome to the stage, J-Mo Green. He's a young activist who gained notoriety for charging the stage at a Donald Trump rally. Amara Enya, another activist who's gotten props from the likes of Chance the Rapper and Kanye. And there was former Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis. Keep in mind, this was all while everyone still thought Emanuel was running for re-election. And after he announced he was not, some heavy hitters got into the race. I can think of no better place to announce my candidacy for mayor of the Tony, as in Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle. And later... I'm Susana Mendoza, and yes, I'm running for mayor. We can shape Chicago's future together. Throw in Bill Daly, brother and son of two former mayors, Gary Chico, a former candidate himself, and, well... There's just a lot of candidates, even more candidates, and we don't have tape of them all. Bottom line, the field just grew and grew and grew for months. And now, it's time for it to shrink. At least that's the idea. Hi, I'm Alex Keefe. I am the politics editor at WBEZ, and I am driving the show this week because I am here as a guest with Becky. Hi, Becky. Hi. Who has been covering petition challenges all week for us, so I am going to be asking her some questions this time. Perfect. So, Becky, campaigns have to file a certain number of signatures to get on the ballot. Then their opponents basically have like a week to look through all their opponents' petition signatures to try to see if they're bogus. They lawyer up. They file these challenges. At that point in the process, who was in and who was out from the very beginning? All right. So right away, right off the bat, nine people are automatically on the ballot. No one takes any issue with their paperwork. You know, they've got the 12,500 good signatures that they need. The other 12 candidates who want to be mayor of Chicago, they're in jeopardy because somebody has said, look, we think that some of your signatures are bogus or that you got them improperly or you just had somebody, you know, write in a bunch of fake names. And also at that time with these challenges, we see a few interesting trends emerge about who is going to challenge who. Yeah, like what can we learn from that kind of wonky process? What does this tell us about the mayor's race? So what's interesting about the challenges is, and I'm going to preface this by saying, it sounds really crude and pretty old school to talk about people voting in ethnic or racial blocks, but there are definitely patterns that emerge with 
rivalries, if you will, between mm-hmm. candidates. So we have Tony Preckwinkle. She's the Cook County Board President. She's a black woman, and she also heads the Cook County Democratic Party. Her campaign has challenged four other women of color. We also have uh, a gentleman by the name of Jerry Joyce. He is a white man, Southside Irish, sort of former ally of the Daly family, his family and the Daly family, very close. He goes after Bill Daly, who is a member of the Daly family. And then you have Willie Wilson, who's this perennial candidate, black businessman. His campaign challenges three other black men in the race. You've got state rep LaShawn Ford, 23-year-old activist Jamal Green, and 31-year-old tech guru Neil Solis Griffin, who's the guy you heard earlier. And so basically, Al, there's this numbers game going on. And people are in other people's lanes, and they want to clear out their lanes so that they can run an easier race. So these challenges have been going on in this subterranean bureaucratic government office for the last couple of weeks, which is in the Pedway, so like underneath the loop in downtown Chicago. Becky, you've been spending a lot of time there, for better or for worse. What has been happening so far? Yeah, it's this like underground political world. (laughs) But what we've seen so far is that since all of the challenges got filed, three have been dropped. So we've gone from nine people on the ballot for mayor to 12. Okay. So we're at 12 right now. So three more people got in. Yes, it's going to be kind of a crazy ballot for you to read when you head to the voting booth in February. But these are the three that got dropped. Paul Vallis, the former school's chief, dropped his challenge to Gary McCarthy, who's the former police chief. Jerry Joyce, the the Southside Irish guy I was talking Mm -hmm. about, friend of the Dailies, he dropped his challenge to Bill Daly. So that leaves McCarthy and Daly with a spot on the ballot. Right. And then the big one this week, Preckwinkle, dropped her challenge to Illinois comptroller Susana Mendoza. These two women have been seen as sort of front runners in the race. And that's really playing out actually in polling now. We had a couple of polls this week that were released. They also have very high name recognition. They both hold elected offices. People have heard their names before. And so, you know, they're kind of duking it out. And certainly a lot can happen in the next 10 weeks. But the fact that both of them are going to be on the ballot, it's sort of game on. This is the point where I'll gut check this wonky process of being underground and counting signatures and measuring signatures and staples and all this stuff. (laughs) Why should we care? Like, why should a normal Chicago voter care about the ins and outs of ballot fights? Well, it's interesting. This actually came up on Twitter this week. Political consultant Joanna Klonsky, she put this question out to people and said, hey, does anybody who's just an (laughs) average voter care about these petition stories? And most people replied with, nope, don't care, (laughs) not interested, too wonky. Uh, One one guy wrote, it's like a story about what might be on the menu when a new restaurant opens next month. (laughs) Or this other guy said, I like to know the final outcomes, but the day-to-day of lawyers litigating petitions in the Pedway near Subway is not interesting at all. So, yes, I'd say even to political insiders and people who are aware of this process, it's hard to get super into it. And especially the average Jane, this is very boring and seems very petty. Most people really just want to know who's on my ballot, what do they stand for? But unfortunately for average Jane, this is where we're at. And unfortunately, candidates aren't really talking enough about their positions and they're talking about other people's petitions instead. Right. It's It's been really horse racy so far. Yes. Like we've had a few policy white papers, but uh-huh. really it's sort of like this back and forth stuff largely about ballot challenges. So yeah, so we haven't had that much to say when it comes to policy yet because the mayoral candidates aren't talking about it all that much. So, right. so what does this ballot challenge process say about how these candidates might govern? 
Well, I would say that this definitely tells people a lot about candidate personalities. So this is the part of the race where if you've never heard about any of these people, you're learning a little bit about who they are and what their personalities are like. For example, there was a heated exchange between Jamal Green, the young 23-year-old activist, who um, is being challenged by businessman Willie Wilson. And his lawyer and Jamal Green had this sort of heated exchange in the Board of Elections headquarters this week, shouting at each other about the signatures and this whole process (laughs) and if this really is democratic. And, you know, Wilson's campaign has really painted Green as kind of a a petulant child. At one point, there was a a quote out there saying, Jamal Green needs to fix his pacifier. Ouch. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, some might say, well, Wilson's effort to remove other black men from the ballot, that's also been criticized as being undemocratic. And that's something you hear from Green's camp and other folks who have been challenged by him. Tony Preckwinkle also, her challenges against other women of color, that's been criticized. Susana Mendoza, before the challenge got dropped, she went on WTTW and sort of first thing out of her mouth was, why is Tony in the year of the woman, why is Tony Preckwinkle trying to get other women off of the ballot? That's not a very leader-like thing to do. What we're seeing today, Carol, is completely unprecedented. You have the highest-ranking woman of color who's in charge of the Cook County Democratic Party, who frankly should be setting an example of greater access for women in today's age, Trump America, you know, the year of the woman, but instead chose to only challenge the petitions of women of color. Five of us. I'm not the only one. Five women of color. Lori Lightfoot, also facing a challenge from Tony Preckwinkle, has spoken out against this as well. She She's made a decision that she's going to use a relic of the machine because she favors the machine to try to exclude me and other women of candidate from the ballot. That's not right. That's not what t- people want. They want change. But supporters of Tony Preckwinkle say she's a very experienced politician. Her lawyer's arguments have all been to do with keeping the integrity in this process. And that could be really appealing to voters as well. I would say, too, this is the big first test for many of these candidates, especially the newcomers. Their ability to survive this strange and quirky Chicago process of knocking each other off the ballot is a test for when they're in office, Are they going to be able to withstand hot water and other kind of scrutiny that's definitely going to get thrown their way once they're in office? So when are we going to know who is actually on the February 26th mayoral ballot? Well, Al, the ballot was supposed to be certified on December 20th, but there are still a lot of challenges still going on. We've got those nine candidates still up in the air. And so we're kind of in a stay tuned mentality. The Board of Elections will likely have some more information for us throughout the holidays. And I would I would bet sometime in early January. And then hopefully we can hit the races on policy. All right. Thanks, Becky. Thanks, Al. That's all for today. Reporting for this episode comes from Claudia Morell and me, Becky Vivi. Our editor and this week's helpful host is Alex Keefe. Our producer is Justin Bull. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download the On Background podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at wbez.org slash politics and always on air at 91.5 FM. Three, two, one. 
We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The tidings we bring to you and your king. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring some out here. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah.